0: Hey, everyone, it's Raheel. It's Friday, so you know what time it is. Time to recap the news from the week. From the future of gas prices to potentially rebuilding an entire high school, political contributor and Pulitzer Prize finalist, Evan Mintz, joins me and CityCast culture contributor, Antrachelle Dorsey, to break down the stories that impacted you. It's Friday, April 7th. I'm Raheel Ramsnali, and here's what Houston is talking about today. Evan Mintz, Aunt Rochelle, thank you so much for joining me. It is a beautiful Friday in the city of Houston, just filled with rain, thunder, hail, everything. Every time we get just a little taste of good weather, Mother Nature says no, not yet. Not yet, Houston. Aunt Rochelle, welcome in. First time with you. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you? Welcome to CityCast Houston.
0: Thank you so much. I'm doing all right. Evan, three weeks in a row, you doing all right? I'm doing great.
2: I got to say, my garden loves this weather. We needed the rain.
0: Yes. Anytime we can get free water on the garden, it's good, right? That's what we want. Mm-hmm. I don't want to waste the water. All right. Ladies first, Aunt Trichelle, what was your biggest story of the week?
1: So... The biggest story of the week has a bit of a childhood attachment for me. I'm not sure if anybody knows. If you are a Houston native, you know that you have several field trips that you go to in elementary school, and da, 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 the Battleship Texas is one of them. Now, it's not one of our favorites, but it's definitely a landmark, and I am so sad to report that the Battleship Texas is leaving in August and the tours of the historic ship will be ending soon. And that, that really hit me in the gut.
0: The big thing on that is the dry dock tours are ending for right now, right? Because Battleship Texas is going under all sorts of repairs. It's so Mm -hmm. old that it has to get, you make sure everything is good. And hopefully once that repair is done, it's still a lengthy process They'll open up the tours again and have the overnight camps there that everyone loves.
1: Good, because it's old. It was old when I was a little girl, so it's even older now. I am glad my child did get a chance to go in there and see it, but baby, that's an old ship.
2: Oh, uh, It is old, old. It is. It served in World War One and World War II. Yeah. You know, most ships that you're going to see around today, they were from just World War Two. So it's fascinating to have a real piece of history right there uh, on the edge of Houston. But I- I've been frustrated with the area around there, the uh, Battleship Texas and the San Jacinto Monument, because it has been in a state of disrepair mm. for a long time. I tried to take my daughter out there, maybe go to the top of the San Jacinto Monument. The elevator is broken. Mm-hmm. You can't get down there. I feel like that if Texas has a budget surplus this year, maybe we should spend a million or two just making the area around there nice. we got a lot of people in the state who say they love our state and love history and love our legacy. So why don't we make it at least look nice rather than just uh, uh, spread a lot of uh, pretty words and angry rhetoric about
1: it. Oh, I like that.
0: And also improve the ferry service over there like make it a little bit faster maybe have a couple more boats running so it can become a destination where houstonians want to go and take their kids and educate everyone about the history of not only our city but our state Mm -hmm. all right evan let's go to you what is your biggest story of the week the biggest story of the week
2: is that opec is cutting oil production which means we're rich again (laughs) oil prices are up Houston can make money again. We're going to be getting $400 fajitas. People are going to be buying cars they can't afford. It's going to be incredible. I love it. Good news for Houston. Now, what this really means is that a lot of the shale production in Texas, the tight oil, really only makes financial sense when oil prices are high. It's expensive to do that type of work. And the longer we go, the cheaper, easier plays get all dried up and we got to go on to the next one and the next one and the next one. And we got to put in more innovation, more technology, more work to get it out. It's more overhead. And so when oil prices around 60, 70, that stuff doesn't make financial sense when we're at 100, oh, well, then the money starts rolling in. So, you know, it's bad news if you've got a car that uses a lot of gas. It's bad news if you can't afford to fill up at the pump. I understand. But as a Houstonian, I'm quite glad to see that our oil
0: companies are going to have some work to do. Mm -hmm. So bottom line, good for the city, bad for consumers who have big, heavy cars that use up a lot of gas because gas prices are going to be going up because of this, Evan? Oh,
2: absolutely. But I've got to say for me with my little 10 year old Honda Civic, (laughs) I don't care.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But do you really care about oil prices? Because you're never going to not not get gas. Gas prices raising. I get it. It's going to cost. But you need gas, baby. Just pull up, fill up and go about your business.
0: Yeah. But a lot of dudes in Cyprus who have those huge monster trucks driving to their nine to five corporate jobs. They're going to feel it. That's about that. But you and me, Evan, hey, my, my little Prius, I've never felt gas prices uh, <laughs> impact me. Does it suck that now I'm paying $30 a tank as opposed to the or 20? I like paying with the Prius. Yeah, kind of. But it yeah. does impact a lot of Houstonians.
2: Mm-hmm. No, it's going to it's going to uh, feel a little more pain at the pump. But I think we've got to realize there's a reason why Houston is here. It's not for, you know, the beauty and the rolling hills. It is because this is where all of the oil and gas companies are.
0: I did see a story that AAA Texas said that our demand already is at summer highs and we're only in April. So demand price, it's going to it's going to be a rough summer. It looks like
1: that's not good.
2: Wow.
0: That's
2: yep. Not good. Hey, th- that's what I like to hear. Keep buying that gasoline. <laughs> keep buying those petroleum <laughs> products like the moment when demand goes down. That is when I freak out. Mm
0: That's big. My biggest story of the week, and this is more an alley-oop for you, Evan. Uh, The Chronicle reporting this, that Houston did approve the creation of conservation districts. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. In a 13-4 to vote, the Houston City Council voted to start the process of Independent Heights, Freedmanstown, Acres Home, Piney Point, Pleasantville, and Magnolia Park. But those areas will now vote, and the citizens will have a say in this. I'm just going to leave it to you. I know you're passionate about this. What did you think about that? I just think it's bad news for
2: Houston. The thing that we've really got going for ourselves that this is a place where it's easy to build housing, where housing is cheap, and when you put up barriers to construction, it makes it more expensive. And when you have expensive housing, the only people who can afford it are those with money, and that accelerates gentrification. It doesn't Mm -hmm. slow it down. I mean, I understand that there's gonna be a lot more steps for these neighborhoods to jump through before they actually get these restrictions in place. And so I tell people to please think critically about what this means. That if suddenly your neighborhood, people aren't able to build new homes, if someone comes in with a lot of money, they're going to say, well, I want to buy up the ones that already exist. Mm. Hmm.
0: Perfectly said. Perfectly said. And this is why I gave you the alley-oop. All right, show. <laughs> Thank you. What is your most overlooked story of the week?
1: So... And I'm going to be honest with you, this story is overlooked because there are 10,000 other things that we could be talking about. But I think we definitely do need to have a conversation about this. The unofficial Houston, Texas landmark over Interstate 45, the Be Someone, right? It makes us all feel so good. Someone has already painted over it and now they're facing felony charges. And it's just really sad because that was a beautiful landmark, right? Why would you, why would we mess this up? Someone has covered it over with uh, no war, no peace. And that's a nice statement. I get it, but be someone. It was a staple. It was there. We had started putting it in our graphics. And I feel like that's really looked over because I think people are, are, are not realizing how you just got to leave people's stuff alone. Just leave people's stuff alone. It'll be all right.
0: So felony charges on painting over graffiti.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's I mean, graffiti,
2: interesting. The, the felony charges are probably reflective of the amount of cost that that it would take, the, the damage inflicted. And I've got to say, at a time when the district attorney's office is saying that it doesn't have the resources it needs, that we have this massive backlog of— uh, Violent crimes of murder cases. Why are we going after this? Like, what is the point on this? You know, the, I think the beauty of the Be Someone Bridge was that it was organic and that. Someone painted up there, not under order from the city, not mm-hmm. with a grant from some sort of arts fund. They just decided to do it. And other people would go up there and paint over it, and then it would come back later. Mm-hmm. Let it grow and die. Let it thrive. Let it be a living thing, rather than just saying it has to be stuck like this. No, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to tie this back into the conservation districts. Houston is great because we are a place that is organic, that isn't stuck. It isn't cold, that we're always growing. And let's just let Houston be Houston. Let's be someone.
1: Come on, Evan. That was you was preaching.
0: There is a charm about that organically. Look at that. But I'm going to organically bring it in that I think the be someone slogan and the Houston sign is kind of dumb. <gasps> I think we can do better. I know we're rallying around this and it's it's become our unofficial motto here, but when you really think about it, like be someone, come on, we can do better. We're Houston.
1: Wait a minute. in a, I can't get with that. Well, you could be whoever you want to be. It wasn't saying be Texan, yeah. be country. It's saying be someone and whoever that person is, be that. Oh, I'm mad at you.
2: Come on. Mm-hmm. During the 70s, 80s oil boom, there's the saying, could take a gorilla, put him in a suit, drop him in downtown Houston, and a week later, he'd be a millionaire. Ooh. And that's what I feel about this, that Houston is a place where anyone can be someone. Right.
0: Okay.
1: You can find your bearings here, and it's not saying you have to be a certain thing. it's could be anybody. If we're big enough for you to grow. Ooh,
0: mm-hmm. Just be dumb. someone. Come be on, someone. Be this-
1: someone. <laughs> It yeah. just is so
0: bland to me. Oh. Be someone. No. Like I need I need something else. I need I, I just need more. I kind of feel like New York Scott, I love New
2: York because it's a place about the city. Houston is a city about the people.
1: Uh-huh. Come on, Evan. Evan, you preaching. What do I pay my tithes to Evan a Visionary <laughs> Baptist Church?
0: <laughs> okay, Evan, what was your most overlooked story? Other than me saying be someone is not that (laughs) sexy no that's
2: gonna be it uh i I think that the overlooked story it wasn't really overlooked but i think deserves a lot more attention than it got was the fact that the state controller dropped his allegations that harris county had defunded the police Mm. if you remember before the 2022 election there's this whole accusation towards the city to the county that they had uh, cut the budget for Constable Precinct 5, and the controller came down and said, oh, there's a new state law that says you can't cut law enforcement budgets, and you're going to be punished for this, and you have to change the budgets, in this and that. And then when you actually look at state law, it turns out that, well, if you cut the overall budget, as long as the percentages don't drop, it's okay. And then that's what happened. And so I would uh, remind everyone that anytime you see political opponents bringing up a uh, big, scary allegations right before an election, take it with a grain of salt. You know, that's part of the game that people play and all sides play it. You know, And I'm not going to say don't play the game unless the rules are changed. You know, unilateral disarmament is a fool's game. But when you look at these uh, attacks that come from Austin towards Houston, towards Harris County, towards any of the big cities, towards any of the major school districts, you know, Trust, but verify what they are saying.
0: One of the big things about political season, as you mentioned, there's going to be a lot of statements said, and there's going to be things that are true, things that are false, and it's left up to the constituent to look it up and research it and make sure it's true or it's not. But when you have a situation like this where it's clearly not true, there has to be some kind of penalty in place. And it's frustrating that there's not. Mm -hmm. And you see it not only locally, on the state level, of course, on the national level, it's out of control from everyone, it seems like. But there needs to be a penalty. There needs to be some consequences for just throwing stuff out. And it's found not to be true. I, I think that hurts the public.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be blunt. The Republicans in Austin have basically declared war on the major cities of Texas. And it's frustrating because those cities are the economic engines of our state. The cities are the reason why we thrive, why we're growing. You know, These cities are good. And just because they don't always vote Republican, suddenly they become an enemy. And that's unfortunate. And you see these elected officials up in Austin throw everything they've got at the cities to hurt them, to undermine them. And in the end, it may feel like a political win, but we all lose. And so you ask, where is the punishment for this? Like, Where's the referee to come down and blow the whistle? That's the voters. And you've got to come down and say, we don't want to put up with this anymore.
0: We'll move to my most overlooked story, and you know I've got to represent the suburbs out here. Richmond, Rosenberg, Fort Bend ISD, that's the school system that we use. Well, Fort Bend ISD has proposed a $1.26 billion bond that will increase our tax bill here in Fort Bend by about $2.50 for the $300,000 house, but in Fort Bend, houses are a lot more expensive. Well, these funds will now be used to rebuild Clemens High School. That's a high school I went to, and I recently spoke there as well to the freshman class. Okay. They're literally going to rebuild the high school because the school is so old. It has so many foundation issues, it is falling apart. Well, the problem is last year, voters said no to a voter approved tax rate increase. And I have a feeling this bond is also gonna fail and Fort Bend ISD is gonna be facing a lot of issues. They're already facing a $47 million deficit and they've tried to cut back on some things, but you just can't make that much money up. Teachers are not getting raises like most places it seems like. And there's gonna be a big, big issue here in the upcoming years for Fort Bend, not only because they can't rebuild a big high school, you can't upkeep other schools and so many people are moving to Fort Bend just around my neighborhood. They're building a whole new neighborhood and the high school there, Travis High School, is already filled to the gills, so there's no room. They can't afford to build a new high school. This is gonna be a disaster if this bond doesn't pass.
2: No, it is a real shame. That we're not seeing austin care about the quality of our school districts we need the money it used to be the majority of funding for local school districts came from the state now it's flipped i know that majority of the funding for fort Bend isd comes from local property taxes but what we're seeing austin do right now is that they're trying to siphon away that money into vouchers with no accountability no strings attached to anyone who calls themselves not just a school but just school services you know someone who provides tutoring services can get this money and it's absurd you know, the, the foundation of a healthy society is good education, and Fort Bend is a great place, and we need to make sure that
0: the schools remain great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. And so many families move out here because of the school system, and if the school system is facing a deficit and continues to, um, Fort Bend ISD is going to be facing a lot of troubles and a lot of tough decisions uh, in the upcoming years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now let's go to something happy, please, because now I'm all riled up. Because <laughs> Fort Bend ISD has is given me so about much. That. Yeah, I mean it's where I went to school. It's where my yeah. family and my my siblings and my daughter goes there right now. My second daughter hopefully will go through the Fort Bend ISD schools. But you know, there's there's a lot of tough decisions to be made here. Moment of joy, Aunt Rochelle, Come on, give me something mm-hmm. to. Get me happy to end this on a high note.
1: Well, I think I'm about to make you very, very happy. Now, let me just say this. Roughly about 9% of Texas students that are identified as gifted and talented, right? And I need to make an announcement today that my son, my only begotten son, Axum Nova, four years old, is gifted and talented that has been accepted into nine HISD gifted and talented programs. That's giving me joy. Amen.
0: Yay. Look at that. Congratulations.
1: Everybody clap. My child. Right. (laughs) And I only. That is beautiful. Right. And four, it's one thing to know as a parent, you guys are parents, as a parent, it's one thing to know and see your child doing great things. It is not that you need validation from anyone else. But then when the world sees their greatness, it is an humbling feeling to know that your child is considered among the greats. Now we already knew, but just the (laughs) fact to have that on paper just made it so much more. So he will be entering into uh, kindergarten, gifted and talented, right off the bat. Now his father and I have to just decide now which school is he going to go to?
0: I was going to (laughs) say, is it going to be like a a really highly touted college football recruit where you have nine caps and you're going to have to pick somebody? You're going to have an announcement? (laughs)
1: I, you know, we thought about that, but it was like, <laughs> yo, this is kindergarten, okay? Like, It's kindergarten. Let, it's kindergarten. Let's, let's just see. I don't know what they do in gifted and talented kindergarten, because all I knew about is coloring and crayons, yeah. right? But I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes.
0: Congratulations. That Thank is so you. cool to hear. That is uplifting news. Evan, how about you? What is your moment of joy?
2: Well, my moment of joy is that it's Passover, or the Jewish holiday celebrating the exodus. And it's my favorite holiday because it's one grounded in a celebration of liberation and the breaking of chains. And it's not just about gift giving. It's not just about joy, but it's about something bigger and noble. And that's something that always makes me smile. Mm -hmm. Also, I am a sucker for horseradish.
0: (laughs) Like the stronger, the better. Bring it on.
2: Uh I
0: love it. All right. My moment of joy quickly uh, this weekend, I finally get to meet my new nephew. So my youngest Aww. sister Aww. Uh, had her first baby and they are finally coming to town three months later because now they can travel with little baby Rami. So I'm excited to meet him and he gets to meet my daughter who is six months old. So these two cousins are going to be, you know, joint at the hip forever now and they're going to be brother and sister. So finally get to meet him and i can't (laughs) wait to see not only my nephew but also my sister and my brother-in-law
1: that's dope i love that that's
0: so sweet i can't wait all right that will do it thank you so much antrachelle that was a lot of fun evan same always fun talking and recapping this packed week of news have a great friday and thank y'all again all right talk to y'all later That was political contributor Evan Mintz, culture contributor Andrew Dorsey, and me, Raheel Ramzanali. That's all for today here on CityCast Houston. Our lead producer is Dina Kespa. Our producer is Carleon Jones, and our newsletter editor for Hey Houston is Brooke Lewis. And the host is me, Raheel Ramzanali. Our music is by the band, All The Kimonos, And we will be back on Monday with a look at how inflation is impacting our city. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new. And, Rochelle, any thoughts?
1: Mm Mm-mm. I ain't got none. That's just a lie. That's above... My intelligence, because y'all speaking deep. I'm like, I'm over here in rainbows and (laughs) unicorns.